This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. The Greek philosopher Pythagoras once said, Be silent until your words are worth more than the silence. Our words often have more power than we realize. They convey ideas, and those ideas have consequences, repercussions that often are infinitely greater than we could conceive. Such was the case with the prophet Haggai in today's reading from Haggai chapter 2. He makes a promise to the people of God that was infinitely greater than their ability to receive it, and it's well worth our consideration today. Looking specifically at the first nine verses of Haggai chapter 2. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, to the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak and to the remnant of the people. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem to you like nothing by comparison? Even so, be strong, Zerubbabel. This is the Lord's declaration. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. This is the Lord's declaration. Work, for I am with you. The declaration of the Lord of armies. This is the promise I made to you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit is present among you. Don't be afraid, for the Lord of armies says this, Once more, in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, so that the treasures of all the nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of armies. The silver and gold belong to me. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of armies. I will provide peace in this land. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. Haggai chapter 2 covers three different sermons that the prophet delivered to the people. After 70 years of captivity were over, according to the word of Jeremiah, King Cyrus of Persia generously commissioned the people of God to return to their land to rebuild the temple, their society, and the walls of Jerusalem. Cyrus had been spoken of by name by the prophet Isaiah more than 150 years earlier as God's chosen servant to execute this task. He clearly understood that this was his mission from God. See Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. When the people returned, Cyrus generously gave them all the temple instruments seized by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon when he destroyed the city, according to Jeremiah's prophecy, because of the people's insolent idolatry against the Lord. And now, 70 years later, these people were given the resources necessary to rebuild the temple, the instruments that were supposed to go in it, the safe passage to return home, and all the necessary arrangements made for them to do this work. The spirits of those who returned under Zerubbabel's leadership were high after being given such a generous gift. But those tears of joy were soon turned to tears of sorrow 
when the people who had been in captivity for so long mourned the size and grandeur of the new temple design. It was a mere shell of the glory of Solomon's temple. The older saints lamented and grieved over how different things were now. This discouragement, coupled with the opposition of those living in the land, brought the progress to a grinding halt. You see, the settlers living in the land had themselves been deposed from their native Assyria. They were now living there as an Assyrian relocation project aimed at quelling any opposition to Assyrian power in the region. These people worshipped the God of Israel, but they also worshipped the gods of their homeland. See 2 Kings 17, 33 and 34. When Judah's leaders rebuffed the people's attempt to join the rebuilding project, they turned their scorn to opposition. The people even wrote letters to the king back in Persia, falsely surmising that the people of Judah would no longer pay taxes once they rebuilt their temple and their city. This conjecture was apparently enough to make the new king, Darius, leery enough to stop the project's funding altogether. And because of these factors, the work of God lay dormant for 17 years as the people's attention shifted from the building of the temple to the construction of their own houses. Such an alteration of priorities drew the ire of the prophet Haggai, who condemned the people for their selfishness and called them back to rebuilding this temple. His impassioned pleas led to a renewed vigor among the people to finish the work that God had commissioned them to endeavor, and the people again began to build. One month later, Haggai now returns to the people to encourage them. And he does this by giving them a promise that they could not fully conceive of. He addresses the discouragement of the older saints who bemoaned the dimensions and the austerity of the temple in comparison to the temple of Solomon. And he does this by telling them to be strong and work, for the Lord is with you. Over and over and over again, he tells them, this is the Lord's declaration. This is what the Lord of Armies says. Now, this encouragement was more accurate than they at first realized. For that was precisely what would indeed happen. The Lord was indeed going to be with them. Haggai prophesied that in a little while God would shake the heavens and the earth and the treasures of all nations would come to this house. God would fill this place with his glory. But it would eclipse the glory of the former house. Before God's presence came, it was signified by smoke and fire. But this time, God would take on human form. And as John said, they would behold his glory full of grace and truth. At once, the glory of God would appear to them in a manner the likes of which they could have never imagined. God would stand in their presence within the midst of this very temple. This God who had led them to this land in deliverance, led them from this land in, in captivity, only to return to this land in faithfulness. He would now enter this land himself in redemption. What an incredible promise. He would provide peace in that place, that very temple where the presence of God dwelled among the mercy seat, divided from his people behind the veil because of their sin. 
the peace that Jesus would make with God the Father through his sacrifice on the cross would bring in everlasting righteousness, such that God would rend the veil by redeeming those who believe and usher them into his very presence, a place where the high priest dared to go one time a year after being fully made clean. Now everyone could enter because of the work of Jesus on the cross. That would happen in this temple. What an incredible promise. This truth is why three days later the prophet would return and caution them to live holy lives set apart for this purpose because God was going to bless them eternally through the work done in this temple by the great high priest who would come to be the lamb for them. That same day, Haggai would return to the people and forecast that the work would not stop there, but that God would, through Jesus, return to overthrow royal thrones and destroy Gentile kingdoms. After what we learn from Daniel, this truth should be ringing in our ears. God would put an end to worldly kingdoms who raise their arrogant fist against God and instead set up a spiritual kingdom inaugurated on the cross and three days later in an empty tomb, but would be fully realized at the end of time when the king would return to rule forever over his creation with justice and equity. Now, as we apply these truths, like the people of Judah, it can be discouraging at times in the slog of daily life to endure criticisms within the church and opposition from without can combine, just as it did in Haggai's day, to derail the commission that we have been given by the king to make disciples of all nations. We can even get lost in the weeds at times and the work stop altogether, sometimes for years, as the church drifts into personal kingdom building rather than pursuing our commission from the king. We can lose focus and start to build our own houses, only to find that we are merely stuffing wages in a sack with holes. We need the words of Haggai to remind us that God is with us. More than just smoke and lights and fireworks, no, the Holy Spirit of God dwells within us now. This knowledge should empower our work. It should strengthen our hands for the task of making disciples. It should focus our hearts and draw our eyes away from our own houses to the work of God in the people of this world. It should call us back when we lose our focus on the essential things. Sure, there will be seasons of criticism within the church because the church may not do things the way they used to be done just like in Haggai's day. Sure, there will be opposition from a secular culture that dot does not understand the holiness of our work, just as it was in Haggai's day. But we must work for the Lord is with us. We should live holy before him because the work he has called us to engage in is sacred. We must remember that he will return to receive the honor the world refuses to give him presently. He will avenge injustice. He will rule with equity and dignity forever and ever. And this view should animate our work today. Come now, be done with discouragement from within. Let not your heart be filled with anxiety from without. 
to the task at hand, and may our God's fame in the world be our only aim. Be done with the temptation to build houses for yourselves and pledge your lives to holiness to the king who will come to reign. For in that day, all these things endured will have been worth it in the light of his glory and grace. Jesus, please keep us focused. Help us to live with the end in mind. Help our hearts not to grow weary from discouragement or opposition, and help us work in the house built for your glory. May we give our lives to your temple work of building your house in the hearts of men, and may we do it with all our might for the rest of our lives, until you return. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For the show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Have a great weekend. Join us on Monday as together we help you learn to read your Bible.